Folks, you know how we do. I always have the heavy hitters. This is Black History Month, and we're definitely got a big time guest on for you today. You're probably wondering who who else could you come on? I'm, I'm telling you, I'll bring people from the West Coast, East Coast, all over the United States, because I want our listeners to understand and learn that we have amazing people going doing amazing things out here. And so, next voice you hear, we have this amazing gentleman who's doing so many great things. When I first met him, I was like, I need to get your autograph. So after these messages, we'll talk to the guest. No Picks After Dark is sponsored by Snug Books, an independent bookstore serving Northeast Baltimore and beyond. In addition to featuring new books for all ages, the store also carries cards, stationery, gifts, games, and more. Visit snugbooks.com to shop online, learn more about the store, read our latest newsletter, and find a calendar of events, or come browse the store in person. Snug Books is located at 4717 Harford Road, next to Zeke's Coffee in Hamilton, Laurelville. There is free parking behind the store, and open hours are Tuesday through Sunday, 10 a.m. to 6 p.m. Welcome to the No Picks of the Dark podcast. I'm your host, Aaron Dante. So we have an amazing show for you. I met this brother at the Maryland Zoo. I was impressed right away. He was telling me his story about becoming a zookeeper and just everything was so just inspirational. I had to get him on the show. And I met him in the summertime and it was hot. You know, you know how Baltimore summer is hot. So he came from the West Coast. He got that humidity hit him. So without further ado, Mr. Jungle Gordon, how are you, sir? <laughs> What's going on, man? <laughs> hey. I'm uh, I'm definitely not hot like I was then. I was... I, I, I was going through it. <laughs> oh, yeah. You got that Baltimore humidity, man. It's no joke when it gets hot out here, man. It was tough. <laughs> but thank you so much. This has been an episode in the making a long time. We met this summer. Was that in August or July? July, August? That was at the end of August for the uh, AZA conference that was uh, being hosted by the Maryland Zoo and the, uh, the National Aquarium. Yes, yeah. Shout out to Mike Evitz for making the connection to us. And thank you so much. Uh, you know, I, I I always wanted to have you on. I, me and you been talking back and forth, but I told you I wanted to have you for Black History Month. And that right. was very important to me because I think my listeners need really, and maybe you write what you say in your bio. If one kid, you could touch one kid, somebody out there listening or reading or seeing what's going on, then, then you've made a difference. Right. So you made a difference on me. So, hey, I <laughs> got me working. <laughs> Out there, lions and bears and tigers on my <laughs> but uh, but thank you so much for coming on the show this evening. Um, so let's get right into it. Let's get into it. Tell the audience, my audience, a little bit about you. So a little bit about me. Um, as you said, Aaron, I am a zookeeper. Um, born and raised in Seattle, Washington. Lived here my entire life. I have never left. Um, <laughs> like at least never lived outside of here. You know, I, I kind of want to move, but, you know, <laughs> I kind of want some, you know, everyday sun. But, you know, I grew up just obsessed with animals. And I had a mission to not only work directly with them, but I wanted to educate people about them. So that's kind of why I created the name uh, Jungle Jordan to, like, you know, get on social media and just make videos about animals. Wow. And what zoo do you work at right now? Uh, currently, I work at a smaller facility called Cougar Mountain Zoo. Um, it's in Washington. I've worked actually at every accredited zoo here in Washington. 
uh, Woodland Park, Point Defiance, Northwest Trek. I've been all over. All right. So I always ask every person that comes on the show, what is your favorite childhood memory growing up? My favorite childhood memory probably would have to be just walking around the zoo. Specifically, I remember being like a five-year-old. My mom and grandmother always tell me that I would be just a five-year-old just seeing all of these animals up close. And one thing that I used to do was I would talk to strangers about the animals that we were standing in front of like specifically the elephants or the hippos. And I would just say, hey, did you know they can hold their breath for three to five And like this little five-year-old me just walking around to the zoo. And it's kind of, I think I've always had that passion to talk to people about animals. Um, that was one of my favorite things in, in the movie Free Willy. <laughs> okay. That was a big thing. and But then I learned that, um, you know, I think every kid at that point, wanted something to do with uh you know with uh marine mammals or marine biology and i was like yeah i don't really want to deal with the water i can swim but i don't really want to i'm good the water's too deep <laughs> and i know <laughs> no I, I love hearing that i love i love learning about a little bit of background about yourself and like so how did you get interested in, in animals at a young age and like what was a passion the story you told me was just i mean I, I'm yeah. not going to take, I'm going to let you tell the story because okay. it blew me away. And it's to this day, I, I still talk about it and it was just really impactful because I told you a little bit about my life, personal life. And okay. so tell me a little bit, give me a little bit of background about how okay. the animals in the zoo, like how did you got involved with that at a young age? Right. So um, growing up, you know, I, I did have that, that, that love for animals and, and watching animal documentaries. And I was pretty much obsessed with animals. And I, uh, growing up, I had anger management problems and ADHD. And so kids growing up where I grew up, it wasn't like, you know, cool to like, to like animals. So they kind of teased me for that. But then on top of that, kids would like poke at me to make me angry to, to they thought it was funny to see how mad it was like an immediate switch that I would just turn and straight like in rage and you know throw things and fight people and they thought it was funny so my mom was trying to find an outlet for me that she you know that could help me focus and you know get into my passions you know instead of being called out by teachers and suspended and expelled from schools and all these different things. And she reached out to my local zoo um, over here in Seattle. And she wanted to see if they would take on uh, a young volunteer. I was 11 at the time. She reached out. Uh, they, <laughs> they, they got back to her. They're like, no, he's, he's way too young. That doesn't, that's not what we do. You know, they don't, we don't take 11 year olds as volunteers, but my mom kept pushing and pushing and pushing, and eventually they were like, "Okay, well, let me let's talk to the to the to the staff that work in this area. Let's see if we can actually make something happen." So they reached out to the people, the keepers that worked in the family farm area. So that's like where the goats and sheep are. So they said, "Hey, you guys want to watch this kid for a little bit and see how he does?" So they said, "Yeah, let's do it." I came in, I walked around, I was hanging out with some of the keepers and. I got to help out with the sheep and the goats and, and the, what we call the contact area. So that's the area where people 
um, get to come and like the, like the petting zoo, they get to come touch the animals. And uh, so that was the summer. And that was my first day. And basically they said, yeah, let's, let's, if he wants to come back, let him come back. And I did every day that summer. And I became uh, the youngest volunteer, I believe in their history. Um, and that, uh, so with that, with my mom doing that, I didn't really think about this until later in life. Um, so I used to get suspended all the time, right? From school, I used to get into all these fights. But I look back on it, that summer, I hadn't gotten suspended anymore. Mm. So I There were a couple like small altercations here and there, but nothing to where it was my fault. I was defending myself and I was no, I was not kicked out of school. And I basically uh, came to the conclusion that animals kind of saved my life in a sense of, you know, kept me from going down a darker path. Uh, you know, they, I always felt like they were misunderstood because people in our community didn't really understand animals. They didn't, they didn't, they were, they feared them. They didn't like them. You know, you know, black people don't, mess with animals right that's how it was so mm -hmm. and i felt different like they did like the animals you know are treated so i made that connection with them and that's kind of i wanted to dedicate my life to getting focus on the animals um working with them and helping others like myself get involved with things that they care about wow well you know and then you hit it home uh my parents did not let me have any animals yeah, the animal that I had in my house was goldfish. Yeah, <laughs> and that was the extent of the animal tree was the goldfish. Right. So I, I definitely understand that. You know, we didn't really go to the zoo as much growing up. We not we we went to SeaWorld out in out in uh, San Diego, and there was one in Ohio, I think, back mm -hmm. in the day. Yeah, a long time ago. A long time ago. So now I'm telling my age now, and um. I remember like, like, wow, you know, looking at, you know, the picture, make sure I say it correct. It was Shamu. Shamu, was, Shamu is a killer whale. Killer whale, aka killer whale. Uh, orca. Orca, they're, yes. And they're not, because they're not actually whales. They're, it's like a big dolphin, basically. Yes, big dolphin. And I mm -hmm. remember like, like being like, wow, that is so cool. I want to swim with the dolphins and reading like how dolphins actually save humans from sharks. And, uh, you know, you read all this stuff when you're younger, National Geographic, you know, we don't have internet back in the day. We don't have all that stuff. You just read books. You read what's <laughs> out there, you know? So I remember, so I love hearing your story. I love how that you've reflected how that helped you, the kid animals helped you as yeah. far as getting through. Now, did that propel you when you went to college at the University of Washington? Is that correct? Correct. Okay. And did that propel you study more about like environmental things or animals? How did that translate going to college? So going to college, um, when I got accepted into UW, um, I, first off, I didn't know how I was going to pay for, for school at first. Mm -hmm. um, so I just kind of busted my button, apply for a lot of different scholarships here and there. Um, you know, I then I remember one day I was a senior in high school and I was in class and for some reason the the track coach um came and found me while I was in the middle of like like, like transitioning between classes. I didn't run track, okay? 
I played baseball that in that season in spring. Um, and I guess he asked around the school and was like, Hey, do you guys know any uh, outstanding, you know, black males who are going to college? T they asked teachers and lot, some people said my name. So he came and found me and he presented me with this scholarship application. He said, Hey, the due date is today, but I really think you should apply for this. And so if I mailed it, it would have been late. So I filled it out and I drove it. This is because I was a senior. I had a car already. I drove all the way to uh, a different city, uh, you know, outside of Seattle to deliver this thing. And it turned out that I ended up getting that scholarship, which was a full ride. So, so I got lucky. It was an academic scholarship. So I got lucky and I got to go to, go to school. But while I, I got there, I learned in college that they no longer offered zoology as a major. Because mm. that's in my head, that's what I thought I had to do to become a zookeeper. Mm -hmm. So my, I went to my advisor at the time. He was like, oh, I don't know. <laughs> I, don't, <laughs> I don't know what you should do. I was like, okay. So I just chose my backup for a moment while I could try to like find my degree. Mm -hmm. um, and I was computer science. And I took one programming class and I was like, oh, this ain't for me. So mm -hmm. I learned really quick that I was good with computers, but not programming. So that was fast. Um, I ended up finding later on my degree is the total of it is the bachelor's of science in, in environmental science, resource management, wildlife conservation. So <laughs> that's a lot, lot long, <laughs> but I took a lot of classes in there in regards to learning about the environment, you know, learning about conservation of animals. Um, but I just knew I wanted to translate that somehow to zookeeping, but I would say not really there in class that I learned what my bigger mission was. I learned it while I was working at the zoos, you know, while I was there, you know, with, with my jobs, while I was there, I learned that I have a, had a bigger, bigger mission. All right. So we're going to leave people with that note. We're going to talk a little bit about the mission. We're going to talk about what he's doing out here. You know, he's traveling all across, just giving a great, great message. Folks, we'll be right back after these messages. When you give to United Way, your gift could be the first spark of something bigger. It can help someone find, interview for, and get hired for a job and provide follow-up services for success. It can break down educational barriers and give that extra help to a struggling student with in-school support programs. Give today. Spark something bigger. The No Picks After Dark podcast is fueled by Zeke's Coffee. Have you tried their coffee yet? I'm telling you, there's something different about it. Maybe it's because they roast their beans in a fluid coffee roaster, which provides the most accurate roasting temperatures and made with love. You will just have to check it out for yourself and try their delicious food while you're at it. Open now for curbside service, online ordering, carry out, and they also do wholesale. Visit Zeke's Coffee at 4719 Hartford Road. Open Monday through Friday, 7 a.m. to 6 p.m. and Sunday, 8 to 5 p.m. Kitchen closes at 3 p.m. Or visit Zeke'sCoffee.com and you too can be fueled by Zeke's. second break and yeah I'll sorry i i and i was i was trying not to like go straight into the next thing i was like oops let me stop <laughs> <laughs>
That was a good call. That was a good call. Okay. All right. Five, four, three, two, one. And folks, we are back. Uh, amazing episode. We're celebrating Black History Month. We're celebrating people who are doing amazing things. And you know what? When you go to the zoo, how many black zookeepers do you see? I don't know. Think about that. Not a lot. And I've always said in my podcast, No Fix Your Dark Podcast, that representation matters. You know, and if I see somebody doing what I'm like, what I aspire or maybe want, might want to do, let me try it out. Let me figure it out. So for our amazing guest, Mr. Jungle Jordan, how are you, sir? Pretty good. And Pretty thank good. you so much for telling the first part of your story. That was really inspirational about just everything and about the getting a scholarship, going to school, driving. How, how far was that drive to get to that university? Drop off that. Uh, it was uh, about 30 40 minutes, 45 minutes. Yeah. And you know what? You did it. You didn't regret it. And you went and nope. did it. And that's what I love about that story. You just went ahead and did it. So let's talk about the mission. You were about to talk about it. I didn't <laughs> want to give away. I didn't want to give to everybody all of it right away. But you, you you, found your mission working at the zoo. Right. What mission was, was that? Talk a little bit about it. Let's talk about what you have going on. You're, I tell people it's your show. I just sit here and listen. It's all good. No, I I talk a lot sometimes. So my, yeah. my bad. <laughs> um, so basically what's what's going on is I use my platform, so social media, um, Jungle Jordan on Instagram, Facebook, you know, TikTok, all that stuff, right? I use that to basically get my face out there and be representative for diversity in the animal field, the zoo world, aquarium world, whatever, and all of that, in the science field, because there's not many of us out there and we don't get represented enough, you know? Um, but that all stems for the reason why I wanted to be, you know, more visible uh, was because I always felt kind of awkward working at the different zoos that I've been at. You know, it wasn't really like, staff and coworkers made me feel that way you know at least not knowingly right they're not trying to but a lot of times i've had you know guests make random comments about you know my appearance mm. jokes different things like that um i had an encounter with a volunteer one day that kind of shook me and really bothered me um basically people don't really see didn't really see you know black people in this kind of role and it looks it looks very odd especially when you're a 6-4 black dude that yes can play basketball yeah i'm good at basketball okay but that's not all i can do you know but that's just an assumption that people make right um stereotypes and all that but you know i always felt like i couldn't be myself i felt like i kind of have had to always put on a smile I can never show signs of me being upset or frustrated or sad or anything like that because if I do, immediate labels will come out, you know. Angry black man. Angry black man, right? So right. I always felt like I had to tiptoe around people and I couldn't be myself. And I just remember one day, um, I was kind of just tired of all of this. And there was a kid, uh, I was working with hippos and this kid walked up to me. He looked just like me and I was kind of just, you know, standing out there and tossing food into him. To the hippos and he was like oh 
started asking me questions like over and over, like many questions about the about the hippos. And then he then he asked me at the end, "Are are you the zookeeper?" I was like, "Yeah." He goes, "Cool. I want to be like you. I want to be mm-hmm. the I want to be a zookeeper." And so this was like shortly coming off this interaction I had with the volunteer that you know I don't want to talk about, but that was a moment that I needed to make it more serious to have a mission to be representative for people to feel as though that they can follow their passions, no matter what they look like. doesn't have to be animal care. Yeah. That's, that's my area of expertise is animals and giving out information about animals. But I realize I have a bigger purpose to mm-hmm. give these people, you know, representation. I, I love that. I love that. That, that was that. Was that during your college years, or was that after you graduated from college? When this I is graduated, so at this point, this is years later. Um, <laughs> I kind of skipped a few steps. <laughs> I skipped quite a few years. I so I guess let me preface it. So with video stuff, I always kind of like love making videos, and I was dabbling in it here and there with like with the zoo on my own a little bit, but not like anything serious, mm-hmm. right? Like. I wasn't really good with, I didn't know how to edit back then. Um, I didn't know how to do any of that. I was pretty awful on camera. <laughs> it's something I know how to do. And um, I would say I started the name Jungle Jordan in 2017, 2018, 2017. Mm-hmm. I had my channel in 2016. I started like, I started making videos kind of in 2016 on my own. Um yeah, that. and then 2018 came about, about, and that's when I was like, you know, you know what, I gotta make a name, and Jungle Jordan became kind of, kind of catchy. <laughs> right, it, it stuck. It stuck, right? You, it stuck. Yeah. You felt that was like a. Now you were pretty much like doing all this, and did you see any other black zookeepers or anything like that doing anything online? With animals or just like, because I, mm. I'm even thinking back when I'm just thinking off the top of my head, I can't think of any. Wow, well, I can't think of anybody I've seen online besides you that that has done it anything like this. No, at the at the time back then, you know, there wasn't any, you know, there's there wasn't many, you know, much, uh, you know, any black people doing, uh, like zoo video type stuff, you know, um. I, th- I would say a couple years ago, there was a couple, uh, couple, quote unquote, influencers that were doing animal stuff that were, you know, that, that are black, um, that brother nature guy. Um, but okay, I'll leave that at that. Uh, mm-hmm. Not, no, I'm not hating on anybody. I'm just, just, it's, it's very different what mm-hmm. brother nature does. Um, and then um, I think when I first was getting bigger with my page a lot of people when i told them what i did they immediately would try to uh connect me with um uh the real tarzan you ever heard of him no i have not yeah um so he's also a black dude um that basically talks about animals but in a little different in a very different way than i than i do okay um and yeah so but back then though nobody was really doing this kind of stuff and i barely saw if any black zookeepers i don't i think maybe one one yeah like at least in my in my in my state now, 
Now, what would you say your style is online? Like, far as when people, because people are going to look after this, they're going to come check your page out. Right, right, what right. Say your style, like they have, they have young children who are interested in the zoo. What's your style? So I'm, I try to be, uh, you know, appropriate for all, for all, you know, all ages. I'm fun, friendly, you know, I'll make, you know, fun, like, you know, little jokes here and there. I'll do skits every now and then. Um, but I do a lot of educational, fun content. You know, yeah, I go out in the wild sometimes and look for animals myself, but, you know, I'm not going to pull a old school Steve Irwin and dive on an animal. That's not, it's not my thing. Cause I don't want to promote that for other people to try, try to do mm -hmm. because, you know, that should be something that only professionals do right for something specific that they're doing. Um, yeah, I'm not like the, I'm not going to be wrestling any crocodiles any, any day soon. Um, that's just, it's not me. Hey, uh, but, you know, I have definitely dealt with a lot of dangerous animals, like, you know, venomous snakes, right? Like rattlesnakes and stuff. I've handled a lot of dangerous animals like that, but I'm not, yeah, you know, again, I'm not trying to like hate on anybody that does that. That's just not for me. Yeah. I remember <laughs> we were at the, um, at the Maryland Zoo and there was a crocodile alligator ro rolling just by itself. There, everybody yeah, there was a little one, little presentation animal. Yeah, and I was like, yeah, I'm good. I know how fast they are, so I'm good. See, that me. doesn't bother me. It's like that kind of stuff. Again, mm -hmm. the thing is with my videos, I showcase professionals handling animals, mm. right? But I'm not just showcasing that. Hey, these animals make great pets, and hey, I'm gonna go out there and dive into into a into a lagoon or whatever you call those things <laughs> and dive on whatever it is in there. That's just not for me. Right. But you know, there are some guys out there that actually that, that do it very educationally. Um, oh gosh, the, the caveman wildlife crew. Okay. Those guys are really, I really, I really respect those guys. Um, I think Christian cave is like the main thing, the main guy in the group. Yeah. He, he wears glasses. Uh, so you know, those are, those are really cool dudes. And, uh, they, you know, they really know what they're talking. And, um, they're big. <laughs> but when did you know you had something? Like when, like when did you know? Like you're like, wow, people are following me. People are coming. Uh, people want me to come to their zoos. People want me to come and talk. Yeah. When did you really? What? When was that turning point when you're like, it got real. It got real. Um, I would say, 2021. Um, okay. That was when. So well, 20 2019 was when I was surprised by you know i don't know if i can talk about this but there were certain companies that were reaching out to me talking about you know potentially talking about tv shows okay and i was like i was like really really why and, you know <laughs> like, yeah. I, was, I was like i was like do i really have something like am i really like am i okay at this um or probably even before that i would say 2018 the end of 2018 uh there was a conference that was in seattle Okay. Um, at the zoo that I work, and then we uh, part of my job um, for being one of the being the host, you know, the host zoo, we had a lot of open house areas, like the keepers and staff or from other zoos would come and visit our stuff. Mm. So I would walk them through the giraffe area or the hippo area, and I remember I had to give a hippo talk, and there was a bunch of people there watching, and then once I was done giving the talk, I had a few people come up to me and say, "Hey." I know you, you're Jordan, you make videos, blah, 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 blah. And so it's like, oh, so I'm, I'm kind of 
somewhat known in the zoo community, mm. you know, but I was like, yeah, you know, in my head, that, that that's cool, right? I really appreciate what they're saying, but there was so much more that I know that I have to do. Mm. And I think it started to become more real. Um, I would say, yeah, 2020, when um, the pandemic hit, and I was doing the the TikTok learning creator fund thing. And um, I was uh, making TikToks. And, and you know, I was like, oh, man, I feel like the old guy on here. You know, <laughs> and I was looking like a fool on there. But I saw how many how many people were engaging with those videos and how much they really enjoyed animal content. Mm. And just social media that way, you know, has been pushing. And then all these random folks who are, famous quote-unquote famous you know they're they you know they're famous people are starting to follow me now and i'm like me like you know i'm very hard on myself mm-hmm. and i don't see I, I know they're just regular people but it's kind of like surprising to see yeah. you know but i don't know things got real 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 fast <laughs> Excited. i mean when i met you you had a camera guy with you yeah you were doing footage I mean, that's that's pretty big to me. You mean, I mean, you coming from the West Coast and you got a camera guy. We, and then I even heard you have, you gave a speech to the conference that was so passionate that you had a standing ovation. It was, it hey, was. A- hey, hey, we got to give you your flowers, brother. We got to give you your flowers. Like, because as a young kid, say the flowers, for my listeners who don't know what the flowers means, that means giving the props, giving credit where credit's due. We gotta do it. We have to do it, sir. Because we don't do this. When are we? When are we not gonna do this? Yeah. No. Mm-hmm. I, I'm. I'm very. I. I do. I do find myself kind of uh, hard on myself because I feel like. You know, I don't want to say I'll. You know, I'm not gonna be satisfied until you know, like until I reach certain levels. But that's. No matter what happens, no matter how many views my videos get, in my head, for some reason, I feel like. I'm not reaching enough people. I'm not making enough impact. And that's that's just kind of my issue. I think that's what that's that's what pushes me so hard. Um, but I know I need to I've been learning in therapy that I need to slow down and appreciate all the wins, big or small. So that's what I'm learning. And that's all we got you here, Dad. We want to we want to celebrate you, sir, and, and what you're doing out here and what you're doing spectacular and making the way for others. Because I'm sure there's somebody's mom, dad, uncle, whoever it may be, saying, I know somebody who wants to love the animals. I love to take them to the zoo and whatnot. And we really appreciate you. Now, do you ever travel around the U.S. to visiting other places? Yeah. How often do you do that? Is that normally like a summertime thing or is that spring or visiting other zoos? Um, and if you do, when are you next time you come back to the East Coast? <laughs> the Mid-Atlantic. So um, last year um was a big travel year for me um it was a huge travel year um it's i would say it started uh early spring in march and so every month i was i think march april i don't think i went anywhere in may and then june july august that went which is when i saw you and october um and november so i <laughs> i was i was busy um, and I was kind of all over the states, you know. Uh, so last year I went to I went to Houston, Texas, um, you know, Cincinnati, 
uh, Louisville, Louisville Zoo. I met some really cool people uh, at this with this program uh, called Future Healers, and then Future Healers got Zoo Buddies. So it's a really cool program where you know inner city inner city kids, you know, um, get to go to the zoo to learn about zookeeping. Really, really young kids. So all these kids were exposed to gun violence and drugs and all these different things, and they're coming you know forward to hang out with zoo people. And the Future Healers program is what, you know, it's the main program. Um, and uh, it's thrown by a guy named uh, Chris 2X, I believe. And they uh, show, you know, show these guys the medical side of things. Mm. Um, so I did that. Um, went to the conference in, you know, in, in uh, Maryland. Um, went to D.C. I was in California. Um, Denver. So... Colorado Springs. I, I was, I was, you know, pretty out there. San Francisco. I was all over. You were traveling. Um, you were tra- I was traveling. I, I was kind of forcing it to happen. I wanted yeah. to, you know, you know, reach out to the facilities and, you know, get content and, sh- you know, share stories from each facility. Um, but this year, I, I'm in the- currently scheduling things. Um, there was a bit of a, a, a giant life change for me at the at I would say right, um, right. Actually, right after I, right when I met you, okay, okay. Uh, there was a there was a pretty big life change for me. Um, that kind of it 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 kind of changed my mindset a bit. Um, and kind of it definitely um, it's been you know it was a little it was a very stressful moment, uh, okay. stressful time, and that's what I am kind of still going through right now. But I'm trying to continue to better myself and be a better person. So. I love it. Yeah. I love it. Yeah. I love it. And and uh, and if you do come back to the Mid Atlantic, yeah. so let's just when you do come back, when we I I I want to have to do a talk with you with a live audience because okay. I feel like that's very important. Your message, I think, is so important. I think that we open our open our horizons and open our brains and say, you know, there's more than sports. There's nothing wrong with sports. But there's so many different avenues out there of learning, you know, about snakes, learning about like uh, orcas, like you were talking about, just different animals of the animal kingdom mm-hmm. that are so amazing. You know, every time I go to the zoo, I'm always blown away. I go to the Maryland Zoo. I go to, I don't, I can't shit say do the National Zoo because they get mad at me, but National <laughs> in Washington, D.C. is right down the street. So, and, I, and they just blow me away with these amazing animals and Seeing somebody like yourself doing this is a blessing because it's inspiring and you have an inspiring channel on YouTube and it just really, really appreciate what you're doing out here. And that. what do you want people to walk away from, from this interview after, you know, just so me and you, from you and I talking? Um, so first off, I want to say thank you for, for definitely having me on and inviting me. And I definitely uh, can't wait to come down there. Um, we can definitely talk about that <laughs> off the air or we'll talk about it right now. With you. Uh, so what I want people to take away from this interaction and interview that we're having is that, again, my mission is to get people to understand that they should follow their passions no matter what obstacles may come in their way, no matter what people will try to convince them that they should be doing instead Mm. like and this is family too family and friends will even get in your ear about hey 
You won't make any money doing that. If you're really passionate about something, something you will, you know how they say that like, you'll never work a day in your life if you love what you're doing, that whole thing. Right. Like it's kind of true. <laughs> like, I mean, no, but it's not true, but it's kind of true because, you know, I'm definitely working, <laughs> you know, but when I go to visit the, to those zoo visits and hang out with the staff, I am in heaven because I get to hear how passionate they are about working with the animals. And I get to be around animals all day. You know, like, I, I don't know. It, it just, it makes me happy to, to see people learn something new. So basically kind of cliche, but you know, follow your passions. I love that. I love, we're So now we're going to plug, plug your YouTube, plug your TikTok, every social media. So people can find you, for, uh, subscribe, all right. that good stuff. Go ahead. So you guys can all follow me at jungle Jordan 23 on Instagram, TikTok. Facebook. I have a YouTube channel. I think you just type in Jungle Jordan, it'll pop up. Um, but most of my videos you'll see are on Instagram and TikTok. All right, folks, you heard it here. We're celebrating Black History Month. We're celebrating some people out here who are doing amazing things. They may not be living in Baltimore, but guess what? They're doing some amazing things all across the United States of America. And we appreciate you. I know it's early out there for you. It's a little bit late for me. I'm normally sleep at 8, 8.30 over here. But you know what? You're worth it, brother, to really sit down and talk with you. And I really think it's very important that our, my audience listens to you and learns a little bit about you. So maybe, you know what? Spring break's coming up. They're going to go to the zoo and check out some things at the zoo. And, you know, we'll try to tell Mike Evans, bring you back to, bring you back to Maryland, okay, to the Maryland okay. Zoo. And uh, definitely enjoy one of the spots. What's your favorite animal? You didn't tell me that. Oh wow! So it, it, you know, I'm all, I've always been a sucker for the cheetah. Have we talked about this? No, we've never talked about this. We have I've never talked always, about this. I've always so my son and I watch these animal shows all the time on uh, National Ge on on Disney. Is that National Geographic? Yeah, Disney Plus. Mm -hmm. And he loves the cheetahs. Mm -hmm. He loves the lions and cheetahs. There's something about okay. it. He just loves how they just the paws. And just something about he loves, like when he, he's like, here they come, here they come. He gets so excited. And so him and I just get so excited and just watch it. And okay. something about that, that they, they run so quickly, but then they get tired right away. So they right. can't run as far. <laughs> it's, it's, it's wild. And then it's, just, it's, it's very fascinating. So I really like that. And then I was watching National Geographic. There's lions in Africa that actually live in the trees. And it was like wild because like it's a certain part. Like where they just live in the tree, they it was wild, and I'm like, the lion came after me. I couldn't really ground climb a tree because they can be. And you sure it was a lion? Yeah, it's African lion. It was crazy. They, they it was National Geographic. They yeah. were okay. hunting for these lions. It was interesting. Odd. It was interesting. odd. Interesting. Okay. They like hang out in the trees, and we'll talk offline. I'll let you know about it. But it was wild. So, but asked you because that's I didn't expect that answer literally at all. But my favorite animal is the cheetah oh wow and i'm legit wearing a cheetah shirt nice nice so that they're literally i i that is that was unexpected hey. <laughs> that was unscripted great minds that was not scripted folks great minds thinking like but you, you know animal i don't i do not i will tell people animal i do not like and i shouldn't say this okay it's snakes i don't deal with snakes That's okay. That's because okay. i used to live in texas and i remember one day my dad was like 
Aaron, go get that that somebody toy stick that somebody left outside. And I remember I walked down that hill, and that rattle just started rattling. And I said, "Oh no, that's nobody's <laughs> toy snake." He just lay in there, just basking because it was sunny. You know, the sun was out. Nice. He was sun tanning. You know. Yeah. I said, and he rattled, looked at me. I said, "Nope." You know. And then I saw coral snakes, and I was like, "Nope." Ooh, careful. Yeah, I saw a coral snake, and I was careful. like, "Nope." I don't want to learn about red on yellow, black on yellow. <laughs> I don't want to learn. I don't want to see how far that goes. I saw what I need to see. So I'm not a snake person at all. I get it. Um, I probably, if I saw a snake slithering down the street, I, I probably would have a heart attack and be like, you know what? I'm good. I can tell you this, though. Okay. Just tell you, to everybody that's listening out there, snakes are not out to get you. They are literally enjoying their day trying to survive. Now, some people tell stories about snakes chasing them, but that is always incorrect. I'm going to tell you why. Okay. These snakes, all they're trying to do is they realize that the, the quickest path to their escape is probably right behind you. You're probably standing right where their shelter Ooh. was. Ooh. So they're just trying to get back to where they came from. They are, they're not wanting to come at you. So that's a, lot, a big confusion about what snakes so even venomous snakes are not out to get you. He dropped jewels and gems right there, folks. We're going to leave it on that note. Jungle Jordan, thank you so much, sir, for coming on the show. Again, rattle off. Where can they find you again? We got to get before we get out. Go ahead. Jungle Jordan 23 on every single social media platform, TikTok, Instagram, Facebook, and YouTube. All right. And folks, you know where to find me. No Pixel Dark Podcast. You watching it. Thank you guys for listening. Subscribe. Hit that subscribe button on YouTube whatever, Spotify, Apple, wherever you, wherever you listen and watch your shows. Folks, love, peace. Black History is 365 days of the year. Have a good night. Folks, you know how we do. I always have the heavy hitters. This is Black History Month, and we're definitely got a big-time guest on for you today. You're probably wondering, who, who else could you come in? I'm, I'm telling you, I'll bring people from the West Coast, East Coast, all over the United States. Because I want our listeners to understand and learn that we have amazing people going doing amazing things out here. And so the next voice you'll hear will be this amazing gentleman who's doing so many great things. When I first met him, I was like, I need to get your autograph. So after these messages, we'll talk to the guest. No Picks After Dark is sponsored by Snug Books, an independent bookstore serving Northeast Baltimore and beyond. In addition to featuring new books for all ages, the store also carries cards, stationery, gifts, games, and more. Visit snugbooks.com to shop online, learn more about the store, read our latest newsletter, and find a calendar of events, or come browse the store in person. Snug Books is located at 4717 Harford Road, next to Zeke's Coffee in Hamilton, Laurelville. There is free parking behind the store and open hours are Tuesday through Sunday, 10 a.m. to 6 p.m.